everyone, welcome to YesAM Podcast. Uh, today we're going to have Saba with us. How are you doing, Saba? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I, I, I love the energy. <laughs> you smiling from the beginning. <laughs> you can't even tell. I have my mask on. Well, I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. Oh, God. Uh, it's great to have you, Sabo. And you. we're going to start with our first question, which is like the main question that's going to start this whole conversation, which I know is going to be a very meaningful and deep conversation. <laughs> and that is, Sabo, what is your story? Um, my name is Sabo Moalem. I was born in Portland. I grew up in Beaverton for a few years. And then my family and I moved to Hong Kong when I was, I think, 13 or 14. So I lived there until I graduated from high school. Came back to go to OSU. I'm full Persian, but I would say I'm a third culture kid. But that's a generic answer I usually give people. Because <laughs> usually when people ask me, like, where are you from and all that stuff, I'm like, I was born in the U.S. My parents are Persian. I grew up in Asia. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. But my story, <laughs> I think, is a little different. Um, my parents are both immigrants. So they grew up in Iran and they escaped when they were 15 or 16 because of religious persecution. So we're, um, we're Baha'is and there was the whole revolution. I don't know if many people know about it, but due to all of that and the injustices that many Baha'is face and still continue to face, they had to leave and they escaped. So uh, from there, they went their separate ways, and then they eventually reunited again, and they moved to Oregon, and they had me and my sister. Growing up, I was really religious, always went to Sunday school, did a lot of that kind of stuff. So I would say I'm really close to my faith and spirituality now, I would say, but that's a big part of who I am and how I've gotten to where I was. Looking back, I don't think I would ever change anything about how I was raised and I'm actually really really grateful for that my family was a big big part of me and I think you can also attest to Iranian culture you always have like big families a lot Mm -hmm. of people around all the time and so that's something I was really grateful for which also shaped the way I uh, interact with other people and like meet people and uh, how close I hold family to me so for that I'm eternally grateful which was really hard a really hard change moving to Hong Kong because I went from literally seeing family like almost every day to not knowing anyone on the other side of the world like how old were you then I think I was like 13 or 14 13 that you moved to Hong Kong yeah okay and then when you came back we came back when I graduated high school so what is that 18 years old oh 18 yeah yeah so that was that was definitely a really tough time whenever people ask me like where I call home I usually say Hong Kong because that's where I spent like my teen years and I feel like those years really shape who you are as mm-hmm. a person. For sure. And as much as I hated my parents for making me move, I am eternally grateful now because I learned like so many different things. I have a completely different worldview. I was able to travel so much. I'm so beyond grateful for that. I've seen so many different things that I never would have seen if I lived my entire life in Oregon. But like I said before, the lack of family was really hard which forced me to become much, much closer to my parents and my sister. So being in college away from them is a little difficult, but they live close by now, so it's easy to visit them. And um, I would say that's kind of my story. (laughs) 
Um, let's let's go back before you were when you were thirteen, and um, if you want to describe Saba, then Oof. and what was going on with Saba, how Saba was feeling, who Saba was. It's it's to be honest, it's a little hard to look back because I feel like that was probably one of the darkest times of my life. Before moving to Hong Kong? No, moving. Like during moving to Hong Kong that was like, the darkest time period, I think, because I was in middle school, right? Like I was forming my friends. I was trying to figure out who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. So leaving and going somewhere completely new, not knowing anyone, I felt like I had to change myself to fit in to these people's standards and these people who had all grown up together they were already had their friend groups already had everything set out and I just kept trying to change and trying to it was obviously so fake I feel like everyone could tell that I was trying to be someone that I wasn't but I didn't know who I was you know like I felt like none of these people could really relate to me even though in reality they all probably could like they're all third culture kids like they're moving it's like a different school a different country, but I just felt like no one could relate to me. So that's where I found photography, actually. Um, so I've been shooting since late middle school, early high school. It really helped me find a way to express myself because I feel like during seventh and eighth grade and beginning of high school, I kind of shut myself out from everyone. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't know how to act. I didn't know really how to meet new people or make new friends. And I felt like all the relationships that I had were all fake because of me being fake. Like I was changing my personality yeah. to fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. So I felt like nothing was really genuine then. <sighs> so would you say, uh, so you started photography as a, as a way of expression also, do you think was it for you a coping mechanism or a way of escape? It was definitely an escape for me. I still find it as an escape now, but in a healthier way. I think mm-hmm. every time I pick up that camera, it as cheesy as this literally sounds like, yeah. no. It, I could look at things through a different view, mm-hmm. like a different viewpoint. Like when picking up that camera, that lens, looking through that viewfinder, I see things completely differently. I can choose what to focus on and what mm-hmm. not to focus on. And after I take that picture, there's still a whole editing process that mm-hmm. I go through as well. Do I want to make the picture like warmer or colder? Or do I do I want to change these tones or make it more pink and mm-hmm. all of that stuff? And it started out with just like random objects or um, buildings and things like that. But I moved more towards portrait photography and pictures of people when I realized I could capture someone's emotion and I could freeze that one moment in time forever that was their moment or our moment you know and I think what allowed me to come out of my shell and really start being myself more was seeing how happy I made other people with the pictures that I took of them like giving them a little bit of a confidence boost and letting them see like oh wow I am actually really beautiful because that's definitely something that I struggled with too Mm -hmm. was like different beauty standards like I literally hated not being the ideal beauty standard where I was. That was hard. That was really hard. So showing other people that they were beautiful allowed me to feel more beautiful inside too. Um, One thing I'm wondering is, uh, because I actually want to, before I get asked this question, 
describe uh, your days before you pick up the camera when you're in Hong Kong, like before you start photography and before when you start making the decision. Describe your days. How, what was going on your day, your feelings, your emotions? It was just like when you say that, like I immediately picture like Can a picture gloomy it? day. Like it's not fun. As beautiful as Hong Kong was and as sunny as it was, like the weather was amazing. I just didn't feel like that. Like I felt like every day was just the same thing over and over again. Like I was literally mm -hmm. living a lie and I felt it. Like you feel that kind of pain in your soul, you know, the, the feeling of not being good enough or not fitting in and wanting to make your parents proud and getting good grades and all that stuff. But it's literally every single day was the same thing. Wake up, school, come home, have a snack, shout out mom, mm -hmm. <laughs> homework, maybe hang out with a friend or two. Then your energy is like completely drained, shower, sleep, whatever, do it all again. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was honestly a really dark time. Yeah. What was the, what was the pivotal moment? I would say um, my dad, my dad sat down and talked to me. So my dad and I never had the most like perfect relationship. Obviously, you and your parents are going to argue and things like that. But it was actually um, a moment where someone in my um, class took their own life. Mm -hmm. He sat down and talked to me and they were telling me they're like, we see that you're not the same Sabo that you used to be. Yeah. And so I don't even know if he remembers this conversation actually. It was very <laughs> it was very a short conversation, but for me I was like, okay, I need to do better because I know I have so much potential. I know I have so much going for me. And at that time I already bought a camera. He actually got really mad at me for buying that camera. He said I spent too much money on it, but it was a Black Friday <laughs> deal. So I don't know if he remembers that either, but um, so I had this camera. I brought it with me to Hong Kong and I was like it's just dusty. Like, I'm not even using it. Maybe I should just pick it up. Mm -hmm. And my uncle's actually a photographer. He's really amazing. And um, I kind of talked to him a little bit. And then my freshman year of high school, I took a photography class. My favorite teacher to date, his name is Mr. Ballard. Mm -hmm. He really pushed me out of my shell. I don't know why or why he picked me to, like, really push me. But um, he really did. And that's how I really fell in love with photography. So I think that conversation with my dad really shifted my perspective. What did your dad tell you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my dad kind of, my dad kind of sat me down and was telling me about escaping Iran and what he went through mm -hmm. and the fears. And we just had a conversation about the unknown and how scary that is because they didn't know where they would they would go my parents were homeless in mm. america with literally no money and now my dad has a, an amazing job and is an yeah. engineer and i really look up to him a lot and i think it's more of what he didn't say yeah. is what got me because he was just telling me parts of their story that i never knew like uh, my mom would pick up cans and go recycle them to earn enough money to get a bike and then her bike got stolen so then she had to walk like 16 miles to work um, and my dad, how, how scared he was. And it, it was just very emotional, I think for us, because we had never really had a super emotional conversation. 
and he was just telling me like if I ever need anything like he's my dad and I can go talk to him and I think what I took away from that was not what he said like I said it was what was left unspoken mm-hmm. I looked at him and I I got mad at myself because I was like my parents did so much they hid in the back of trucks to escape the country if someone fell out that's it you're shot you're dead they were on camels they didn't have food or water they were literally surviving off almonds that my grandma gave to my mom they were in Pakistan and Afghanistan as refugees and they saw some horrible horrible things and here I am born in the United States living so many people's dreams I live comfortably my dad works my mom literally is at home just to make sure me and my sister are doing okay Mm -hmm. and why am I not taking that and running with it why am mm-hmm. I not doing more with that? I'm now in a foreign country. Yeah. I'm getting a private education, you know? And I literally looked at him and I was like, no, like this is the day that it's changing because I have so much at my fingertips. Why am I not utilizing everything? Mm-hmm. And I still, I feel like I deal with that a little bit of like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think that conversation has really shifted my, my worldview. Uh, did you see when 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 um you had that conversation with your dad, were you more focused on um okay, my parents went through all of that and now I'm living this life and is it my it's my turn to give back? Was that the thoughts that you were having? I or, think so, yeah. Or was it more of okay, you know? I'm going to follow the their, their footstep. You know, they worked hard. I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to do it for myself. I think it was both. I think initially it was very much I want to make them proud and show them that everything that they did is not being, like, wasted. Yeah. You know? But now, now there's, a there's like, a bigger shift, I think, coming to college my uh, freshman year and everything. I was like, I'm doing this for me. Like, I know that... Mm-hmm. Everything I've done, I know I've made them proud, you know? And now it's it's for me. I'm going to make myself proud and live my life with no regrets and do everything that I can to make myself become the person that I've always wanted to be. So there was no feeling of guilt, you would say? I think, I think initially there was. I think when we had that conversation, I was, I felt really... I know it wasn't my dad's intention at all. It was like oh, a, no, no, it's it was not. a bonding moment, just you know. The way that we but then I yeah. definitely perceived it bad, and I was like, oh, I feel so guilty. Like I'm not doing enough, mm-hmm. which I definitely was. I was just struggling a little bit, but I think I turned that guilt and I turned it into motivation, and okay. went from there. I'm gonna ask you this question, and um think about and then respond is do you think you still have some of the emotions that you went through during all those times hidden within yourself right now that's a good question i um i would say no no i worked so hard to get to where i am today Mm mm-hmm to heal everything, you know, mm-hmm. that I just feel like I've let everything go and I've forgiven people that have wronged me in my past because what is the point of holding on to that? 
and I forgive I forgave myself mm-hmm. because I did the best that I could in that moment with the knowledge that I had, you know, and I live by that. We all make mistakes, but now looking back, obviously I would have done things differently, but I didn't have that knowledge that I do now. Wow. <laughs> and um, if I ask you, you said one word which sometimes I have, um, a little, I'm a little bit on fence with that, and that's the word is moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I prefer the word uh, accepting. Yeah. So do you think you accept it or you moved on? Because you have two different meanings. So the thing that you move on from is something that you can you piece it, put put a piece of like paper on that chapter of your life. And it can have you can have flashbacks of it anytime a wind comes and blows that napkin away, yeah. you know? So the chapter is still open on you. But when you accept it, you basically understand that chapter, you take the lesson, you take the blessing from it, and then you move to your chat next chapter and mm-hmm. that chapter is forever forever closed. Mm-hmm. That's a really good analogy. I definitely think that I accepted it. And to accept Amazing. it, to move on, you have to accept it. Yes. So I think that in a way, maybe it was both, but facing your demons or facing something that was a really hard time in your life and looking at it and reflecting and genuinely accepting and understanding that you did the best that you could, I think is very important. So I think you're totally right. I definitely didn't shove it and put a napkin over it and all of that stuff. I looked at it and I accepted it and I accepted who I was and my faults and things like that. And I slowly moved on. And what did that, how did that process look like for you? Ex- the process of accepting all of these things that you went through? It was ugly. <laughs> it oh, was, of course it was. It yeah. was not good. I think yeah. I, it took me a long time. I think it didn't take me until end of freshman year when COVID hit and I was back home alone, like away from, I had this taste of freedom and then it was just ripped from me. Like, mm-hmm. I was angry like I was not I was really not in a good place and a few of my close friends know that as well I think it took that moment for me to sit and realize like there's a lot of things that I've just been shoving in the back of my closet that I think I need to take out and reflect on Mm. a lot of tears (laughs) a lot of sadness a lot of reflecting a lot of journaling meditating Um, that's how I really got into my spirituality more I feel like being religious and spiritual for me are very different things. Sure. Um, and I think that's that's when I started looking at spirituality more, and then I looked into my faith more, and I did a lot of forgiving, forgiving myself and other people. And so that process was long. I would say I'm still going through parts of it, um, but it's never easy. But It's very painful. Yeah. I think at the end or in the long run, it's definitely... A great thing to go through. There, there are two steps that you do: um, self awareness and then self acceptance. Mm. You basically first try to realize and bring up that that those moments, those experiences, those dark moments in life, and then you need to analyze them. You need to understand them that what it did really happen and what it really meant. And then after you do that. Then you can get to the step that you say, okay, I accepted that it went. Yeah. And that's why it's hard because 
relieving those moments are never easy, not at all. Um, and at the same time, you know, we don't want to because it's very, very out of the comfort zone. Yeah. You know, thinking about those times, thinking about you went through and really, for example, if you have specific fears in life, um, sometimes those fears, I mean, almost all of all of those fears have roots on the experiences that we went through as a child and they have created our subconscious brain. So um, accepting that, okay, I, I am fearful of that is a very painful process because you feel like you feel weak. You feel like, wow, I'm, I'm surrounding. Which surrounding is the key word. You need to surround yourself. Yeah, I agree. You're completely right. I think looking at other people and seeing the faults in them is a lot harder than looking inward and seeing the faults in yourself. And looking back at your childhood and looking at things that shaped you. There's a lot of blame. I yeah. think there's a lot of projection onto other people as well. But when you shift that perspective and say, hey, like maybe I also did some, I had some part in that. It's really hard. Because, you know, it's it's always an I, 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 I. Yeah. As long as you say we, 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 or day, day, day. Actually, it's mainly day. That's the time that you start putting the, keep putting the blame on other people. Yeah. And stop focusing on yourself. Yeah. Of course, you know, an environment and everything that's surrounding you has influence on, yeah. on, on uh, experiences. But when you put day on it, you stop forgetting that you were part of that environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did this spirituality um, help you to go through it? And like, what did you learn from this spirituality? Ooh, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do you know the book, The Secret? The Secret, no. Um, my mom read it when I was a kid, when I was like seven years old. I remember this. Um, my parents were trying to have another kid because I wanted a sibling. And it was really, it was really um, hard for my mom. And so she had this book. It was The Secret. She would not put the book down. It was like this brown cover with like a seal, like a wax seal. It was red mm -hmm. and a big S. And I was like, S for Sabo. No. There you go. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> um, and so she would talk about like manifesting and all this stuff. I was seven. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Mumbo jumbo, whatever. Yeah, so like, like you just want your Barbie. I was like, stuff. yeah, I was like, bring me my brat stuff, yeah. bring me my ice cream. I did not care yeah. about no manifesting, whatever. Yeah. Um. So that was that was the first time I think I saw it, uh, and I was like, this lady is crazy. My mom is crazy. <laughs> I was like, who is she? The universe? Who is she talking to? Yeah. And so I kind of let that go or whatever. It was always around my life. My mom is very spiritual. And my dad is also. There you go. They're both also very religious. Mm -hmm. um, so I always had that influence. But then we were in Hong Kong. And one of our family friends, her name is Mojan. She came to visit. She was actually um, studying at the University of Hong Kong. Like doing a, how do you, what do you call it? When you like go somewhere else. To, like like boarding school? No, no, no. exchange study, like a study, study abroad, abroad. <laughs> Darko yeah. study abroad she was doing studying yeah. abroad there and so she came and she didn't have any family and she was like nervous and stuff so she obviously came and stayed with us we saw her for a little bit she was telling me like Mercury was in retrograde and I was like who is doing what? I was like who? Um, I thought she was crazy she was like I'm putting this into 
the universe into existence. I'm going to have a little cafe. I'm telling everyone so they can think about it. So when Mm -hmm. they think about it, it's going to happen to me and all of this stuff. And she was like, you know why you're upset right now? Because Mercury's in retrograde. I was like, bro, what are you talking about? She was like, uh, she was like, she'll walk around and be like, guys, like, remember, don't text your ex. Mercury's in retrograde. Communication is bad. Da, 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 all of this shit. If your ex comes <laughs> back, don't talk to them. Oh and my I was God. like, what? And then my mom and her were bonding over it a lot. Because yeah. my mom didn't talk to me about it. I was like, this is crazy. You guys are crazy. Like, you guys are literally crazy. I was like, what the heck? Um, <laughs> I gave him a lot of a lot of crap for it too. I t- I'm really sorry about that because now I'm that person, you know. <laughs> like now I'm like, yeah. guys, Mercury's actually as we speak right now is currently in retrograde. Be careful, don't text your ex. But um, I looked into it when COVID hit over the summer between um, freshman and sophomore year. I I um, I just woke up one day. I was like, I'm not really satisfied with my life right now, with the relationships that I have with people around me. I'm upset. I'm trying to heal all these old wounds. And this is, like, not... This is, like, I'm not having fun. This is not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I meditated, and it went horribly. <laughs> was that your first time? Um, I've meditated before, but this was my first time, actually, I think, taking it seriously. Okay. And actually wanting... Wanting to meditate. To meditate, you know, on my own, not mm-hmm. for a class or blah, blah, blah. Um, I had so many different thoughts mm-hmm. going through my head. I was just laying there, like, thinking about a hundred different things and then a hundred other things that I could be doing. And then I was just like, this is so dumb. This is so dumb. And then I, I kind of got up from it, and I was like, meditation, like, I'm supposed to not have any thoughts. Like, mm-hmm. why am I having so many thoughts? I did some research on it, and that's that's not really what meditation is. I think you need to, um, when you're in that state, acknowledge those thoughts that you have and let them pass. And then try to bring your focus back, but never force yourself to do anything. So I looked up manifesting. Mm-hmm. And from there, I went deeper and I spiraled looking up all of these things. I was like, what are angel numbers? What's a yeah. twin flame? What's a soulmate? Like all of these things. And um, then I talked to my mom about it. And I was like, hey, um, I think I accidentally manifested this. And uh, what do I do? She was like, oh, my God, finally. Like, finally. She's like, it only took you, what, 18, 19 years? Like, finally. Saba <laughs> now is the secret. <laughs> now the I'm the secret. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you very much. Um, so she gave me her book. Yeah. She gave me the secret. I have it, actually, in my house right now. And I learned about the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And I learned about all of these things. And I was just like, wow, like, I can literally have anything that I want. Anything. Of course. Like, it's crazy. I was like, no one knows about this. A lot of people knew about it. But I was like, no one knows about this. Why is no one in my life doing things like this? You Mm -hmm. know? And I started meditating a lot more. And I started trying to open my third eye and aligning all my chakras. And I started um, journaling. I did a lot of journaling. Shadow work. Mm -hmm. It was tough. It was really tough. I got crystals. Um, Got some incense. And I started trying to radiate at a higher frequency because mm-hmm. you attract what you radiate. Definitely. And I stand by that. I will die saying that. You attract what you radiate. Definitely. And I was not radiating very good vibes. <laughs> I was not radiating at a high frequency, I would say. And that's why I felt like 
maybe my life was like always collapsing because the back of my mind although the front i was like everything's good da, da, da. i had these bad like negative thoughts and i think that's why it also forced me to dig deeper into my past to get rid of the subconscious and that i was projecting so from there uh we moved i moved back to corvallis and i got my roommate on it i was like let me type about the law of attraction <laughs> i was like sit down so there's that and i still i i try to tell a lot of people about it because mm-hmm. you never really know my friend actually sorry i'm putting you on blast i won't say his name he got a speeding ticket there you and, go and he was so scared he was so scared and i looked at him i'm like you're good you're good he's like well i can't have my parents still the insurance blah, blah, blah. i was like listen to me show up to the court date the officer's not gonna be there i don't know if i should be saying this show up to the court date officer's not gonna be there and if you think that you weren't speeding and you think that this is unfair you genuinely believe that then justice will be served go show up manifest that you're not gonna get this ticket manifest that there's gonna be a different way out of it maybe you gotta take a few classes all that stuff and just Every time we talked, every time we talked, he was like, I don't have a speeding ticket. My insurance didn't go up. I'm doing good. I'm doing this. And he didn't get it. Yeah, he was course. fine, you know, which is a small thing. But I think that's what grabbed him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wait a minute. This girl isn't crazy. So then I started giving him affirmations because he was going through a little bit of a hard time. And I was mm-hmm. like, my favorite one is you're super- I am superior to my negative thoughts and low vibrational actions. Say it again. I am superior to my negative thoughts and low vibrational actions. Interesting. Okay. So anytime you have intrusive thoughts, I told him, say that. Write mm-hmm. it down. Look at it. Say it in a mirror. All of this stuff. Someone actually recently told me that <laughs> affirmations were corny. But I think if they help you, they're good. So that's how I got him into it too. And then I have some few other friends. Like I'll take them crystal shopping. Some people don't believe it. They really don't. And that's okay. Let's do your thing. I'm going to do my thing over here. <laughs> <laughs> you do you, I'm going to do me. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that want to uplift you. For sure. And want to learn more and have that drive. Yeah. I don't know if that answered that. I forgot what the question was, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I want to, I want to, I mean. I, I really believe in what you're saying, yeah. you know, and um, I think you know I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a few discussions about this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one thing I want to touch on is um, meditation and what it really means. And not only meditation, but basically understanding yourself. And that is, you need to understand one concept. And that will help you to, like, that we can initiate the whole process for you. And I learned it from Bob Proctor. And you know Bob Proctor? I think so. There you go. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds familiar. Yeah, and that is, you always say, this is my hand. I am not the hand. This is my body. I am not the body. You know? And... All it takes for you to to really start doing the whole process of self-awareness, self-acceptance, and really becoming truly happy is to get in touch with your soul. Yeah. Because you are the soul. You are a soul. This you, you, Body is just what you are. 
you're, you're owning right now. It's your career it's your, home. It's, it's your property. <laughs> your you property. Know? <laughs> you know? And um, there are four, four types of health. Physical health, mental health, emotional health, and spiritual health. Spiritual health. And all these three could be amazing, but if your spiritual health is not good, you will not be happy. Yeah. That's just a... Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot drop this thing. No, yeah, this they is gonna, really yeah, expensive. They're going to sue me, but... <laughs> um, so, Sabo, uh, another, another concept I want to get into uh, is... What, what I mean, uh, you, you know what has happened uh, in the last week. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And then uh, we have we had more talks before this. And that is a concept of uh, the process of decision making. You know, uh, which is very, very important to understand. And let me start from here. So there are two types of decisions. Emotional decisions and logical decisions. Yeah. What are emotional decisions? There are decisions that you react. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh sorry, my God. sorry. You're good. Um, <laughs> and uh, the logical. way I want to make example of it is yeah. basically when you're making emotional decision, you are inside the box. Yeah. When you're making logical decisions, you're outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I want for, for, for well, I want to know your opinion about it, and I want to know uh, how does Sabo make decisions? Ooh, I think lately my decisions have been based on my worth. Expand on that. And I know that sounds funny, but. The people that I have in my life and the people mm-hmm. that I choose to continue to have in my life and form relationships with are because they treat me well. They treat me amazingly. I love them with all of my heart. And they are good for my mind, my body, and my soul. These are amazing people that want to see me do better. I think in the past, I've let people use me a lot over and over again and I'm always like it's okay like it's fine just stay just stay I don't want to I don't want to lose you and I recently made some decisions to I don't know how to say this nicer but cut people out wow I I just did that (laughs) no I know (laughs) I really know yeah that's actually a great decision I was about to ask that that um have you ever thought about cutting people out of your life oh I definitely have definitely done it multiple times and I think that also has to do with respecting boundaries so when you set a boundary with someone it's because you want to continue to have them in your life Mm -hmm. and if they don't respect that boundary then they don't respect you as a person or your relationship whatsoever so therefore they don't deserve to be in your life and they don't deserve to be around your energy so with that being said I think I used to always make emotional decisions. Um, rash, just like out of fear, not letting go. Like, I need you, I need you. You don't need anyone. You literally don't need anyone, mm-hmm. you know? And so cutting people out, I think, in the recent year has been both emotional and logical. Because obviously you're you're losing that person, you're mourning that relationship, whether it be platonic or not. Mm-hmm. 
you no longer have that person in your life. But logically, what are they giving you? What are they bringing to the table? Are they hurting your mental health? Are they helping uplift you? Are you helping uplift them? What is what is the dynamic of this? Is it toxic? Is it healthy? Does it hurt you more than it's doing anything else for you? And I think emotionally, I would want them to stay because I'm like, at least I'll have a little part of you. At least I'll have that friendship. At least I'll think of all like the fun activities we did and all of that stuff. But it's also like, at what cost am I keeping this one person or these three people or all of these people in my life when when I do good, they don't want to see me doing good. But what all I try to do is uplift them. So Sawa <laughs> currently mm-hmm. has been trying to make decisions that are the best for her. And I tell this to my friends all the time. Do what is best for you because no one else will ever love you as much as you love yourself. Ever. I stand by that. Me too. So I try to look at my worth and see how that other person treats me and how they respect me. Maybe try boundaries. See if they respect those boundaries. And if they don't, there's logical and there's emotional. I think I'll make a little heart and make that decision. And then farewell. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing I want to, I think I'm going to probably in, in the next few episodes say this repeatedly. And that is, uh, I am a huge believer that you, I mean, if you don't make a logical decision, you're not thinking. That's yeah. what I think. And, and I actually going to have a, uh, lead a lead a conversation with this great group of people that I'm involved in about um, shout out shout out <laughs> <laughs> uh, about uh, the process of decision making and do we really think we make decisions and I think a lot of us don't think uh, because we react we may make emotional decisions but one thing is very important to re- remember is when you say you're gonna you're gonna think out of the box and make logical decisions and emotional decisions, that does not mean you, you are not in touch with your emotions. Yeah. When an event happened to you, could be anything, a death of someone or a breakup or whatever. Um, I don't know, you you lost your job, any bad event, you you spilled the coffee in your in your clothes, you know. Uh the, the first thing that comes to your mind to do is emotional. Yeah. I'm upset. Yeah. Why is there coffee on me? <laughs> yeah. The first thing that comes to you is emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to let that emotion sink. You know, okay, okay, let, let it come. But wait, don't react. Don't do anything. Yeah. Because whatever you do right now, there's a high possibility that it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Wait for it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're clouded with your thoughts. I was like, oh, See, I today is like doomed, and I'm like everything's yeah. going bad. Negative vibration. Negative vibration, <laughs> and you're superior. Superior. You know, so um, wait for it, and let 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 those emotions sink, and 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 let them let, let yourself to feel those emotions. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine to be sad. I'm, I never say it's not fine to be. It's Definitely. Fine to be sad. It's fine to go through all of those upset feelings and stuff like that, but don't make decisions when you are like feeling those. Yeah. Let it sink and then come back to it, mm-hmm. think about it, and then make a decision. Exactly. That's very important. Very important. 
I definitely did not used to do that. Saba, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, are you happy? Am I happy? Currently? Yes. I'm not talking about like right now. <laughs> I think... And it's fine your answer if it's no. No, I no no no. My my answer is yes. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm happy, mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of things that I feel like I need to work on. For sure. I think that there are days where I wake up and I'm like, ugh, not today. Today's not my day. I don't want mm -hmm. to say some affirmations, but still, you know that. There are there are some things. Maybe there's an event that happens. Some people upset you, a friend, yeah. all of that stuff. Definitely plays with your emotions. But I would say I am so much happier than I ever have been in my life. And I think that it's because of all the hard work and everything that I've done to get to where I am today. So to answer your question, I'm pretty freaking happy. There you go. <laughs> I mean, uh, and th that's what you said is really, is very true. You know, like we say you want to get up every morning to become a better version of yourself. And what that means is every day you can be happier. Yeah. So you can choose tomorrow to be happier. And you you will be happy. You will feel the happiness as long as you try to improve. Yeah. You know, as long when you get satisfied, say, okay, that's it. You yeah. know, that's the time that you start going down. Exactly. Having that drive is really important. Yeah. I'm going to add a segment to the recent ones, and I'm going to always... Uh, I have not told you this. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> no, it, 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 it's, it's more of a thinking, but... Uh, so I, I'm adding a segment that I'm going to uh, have the guest, which will be Sabo today, oh, <laughs> to ask me a question if they oh. have one. Yeah. Wait, why did you not let me think about this? <laughs> a question I have for you. If you want to like think about it for a minute, it's fine. I mean, we can we can edit it out. Uh, oh, shout out editors. Yeah, shout um, out to Jan. Shout out, Jan. <laughs> Love you, girl. Um, a question that I have for you is. I have a lot of questions for you. I just Oh, you like, do? No, I actually really do. Like, I feel like I could do a whole episode for you. <laughs> Seriously, after like this last week working together a lot and getting to know you a lot more, I feel like I, love, I have a lot of questions for you. But I would say, I think my main question I have for you is, how did you get to the point where you understood your worth? And you knew that if people are not benefiting you mm -hmm. in terms of your mental health, spiritual health, all that stuff, how are you so forgiving and willing to accept? Does that make sense? Kind of. Um. <laughs> Without saying too much. Um, try to rephrase it. I want to just make sure I'm ask, answering the okay, exact so question. Okay, so how... How what got you to the point that you're at today where you are so kind, forgiving, and able to look over other people's faults? Oh, um, 
Well, I mean, there's there, there are a couple of things that goes along to it. There's a, a spiritual factor involved. There's a, a factor that I really trained my mind to, um, to not react. Yeah. You know, and um, which is a which is a hard one to do. You know, it can be done through a lot of stuff. It could be done through meditation. It could be practiced through just trying to acquire more self-control which was one of my biggest goals yeah. when uh when i was going through a change which is i think i talked see i think i talked about it in like the last episode of the last season but there is definitely way more going to that but uh one of the main things i was looking for when i was going through the change was how can i have more self-control yeah and to have a better self-control i had to get to know myself better Mm. you know and it, it's all about getting in touch with your soul and okay i'm gonna read the uh, do i have my phone oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad to do this live i mean uh so i actually posted in linkedin too but i recently went to a trip to i'm going to actually read two so i went to one trip in miami and then before that i went to a camping trip love camping yeah and i, I actually backpacked Ooh, I, yes. saw your, I saw your pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I have 3% of charge. Let's hope we will get through this. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to... Uh, and I, re- and I uh, wrote this when as soon as we got on top of by the lake and uh, my friends went to uh, get into the water. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I need to write something. I, I just went through something that I need to put it down. Here it starts. Thank you, God. All right. Today was tough and fun. I had so much fun being around these people who are actively trying new things and challenges. I'm very proud of all of us. One thing I learned today is you need to have a plan and a goal, and you need to take it a step at a time towards it. If you think about a couple steps ahead of you, you will be encouraged to give up. Remember, the next step is right in front of you. If you only focus on your next step and take that step surely and strongly, you will be set for an adventure and a destination. You just need to remember that you are not alone in this path. There are other people's footsteps on the path. Keep going and you will not give up. Take some time to look back and see how far you have come and make sure to remind yourself that you have done it till now. Learn from the person in front of you and inspire the person behind you. You are here to learn and enjoy and step towards perfection. So I, I Wait, <laughs> you can't just wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Wow. So uh, a little context. I wrote this uh, when we were doing this uh, backpacking, and it was a very high elevation. So we were out of breath, and I was like, "Can I really finish this hike?" <laughs> And hard. yeah, I just threw, went through like a lot of like mental challenges and I was like, I need to put it down in the words. And this is not just about that trip, but it has helped me a lot since yeah. then. And there's another one, which, okay, so what are you, what are you talking about going to Miami and Chicago? You wow! think about... <laughs> Chicago, my You know, you think about partying and stuff like that, but uh, which, which was part of it too. You know, I party <laughs> for sure too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I I had a good time there, but uh, on the on the on the on my airplane back to uh, Portland, 
Um, I want to reflect on this trip. And for me, this trip was uh, more of a spiritual trip. Wow. Which was very fascinating. I did not ex expect it to be this way. Wow. So the title of this one is Take It, st Take it One Step at a Time. The great lesson I learned. <clears throat> well, I started this trip do not know what was going to happen. And I was going to freestyle. Since I am a spontaneous person, I did not put any time to research the places that I was traveling. The first time in Chicago, I was thinking about partying in the club the whole day. And I missed being present. So the night after, I came back from the club. I prayed and asked God to help me to take this trip step at a time. And as always, God loves me and listens to my words. My, my, my trip to Chicago and Miami is the one to remember forever. I learned a lot about myself and I improved my spiritual connection. It is crazy to think about going on a travel with a person whom you met on Zoom nine months ago. It feels like I know Max for years. Max is someone that the moment he introduced himself to me in Zoom, I knew I wanted to be close friends with him. Some people's energy is just so positive and amazing, and I'm grateful of meeting him. Have an open heart, be in touch with your soul, and take life step at a time, and remember that God loves you. So strengthen your spiritual relationship and know whatever happens to you is for the best, for the best of you. Because God always wants the best for you. Mm. I am forever grateful to get to know God. Always be ready for God has prepared for you and be grateful that you are living and have the opportunity to choose to be better every day. Be confident. Trust your gut and just do it. Find your purpose and do not let, do not let anyone tell you it is not important to live your dream. Because it is. Make people's day. Because you only receive good energy when you put the same energy out there. Always smile, even at the hard and stressful moments. Be grateful for what you have. You are very blessed, and there is no room for jealousy. Love yourself. You are amazing and destined for greatness. Gratitude is the first step towards self-love. You may not know yet, but you are blessed. Always take some Always take some time and look back and remember how far you have come. Love people and treat them the same way you want to be treated. Keep saying, uh, I love you to people around you. There are a lot of us who need to hear that. Loving people is not hard, but you got to start, start with loving yourself. Start your day by saying, I love you to people who have not done you good. Your soul might have been covered by some dust named hate. It's time to clean the dust and re replace it with love. So, <laughs> wow. yeah, um, what, what, what I wrote there, start your day by saying, I love you to people who have not done you good. That, that one hit me. That one hit me a little hard. Um, it's, it, that was something that helped me to clean my soul. Because there was a lot I went through as a child in in different meanings, you know, yeah. like could be like, I don't know, someone just doing very bad things to you, bullying, yeah. whatever. In family and friends and even situations. 
and I started really just picturing them in my face, in, in my in my mind, looking at them, mm -hmm. and just saying, "I love you." It's it's, it's difficult. Hard. It's difficult, but it the impact that it has to to your soul and yourself is just amazing. And like literally insane. I think that's something that definitely helped me too. Is I I would write people letters like mm -hmm. that have hurt me. Yeah. And I've actually had the opportunity to read a few people. Really? <laughs> the letters that I've written. You read to them? Yeah, like wow. in person. It was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, <laughs> forgiving someone that's hurt you, like mm -hmm. I commend you. Like that's amazing. It's so hard. But it's also, like you said, like it helps your soul. It yeah. literally like allows you to let go of this burden that you're carrying. So it's hard. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> like I, that entire, both of them, so beautifully written. Well done. Thank you. Um, and I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I found it to be like the right place to read that. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it is definitely related about like how I do it. And it just all goes back to really being in touch with your soul yeah. and trying to make the best, best decision. Because yeah. at the end of the day, during a day, you make so many decisions, but most of them are just emotional reactions. Yeah. Less of those you have, a better life I think you will live. Yeah, I agree. The last question I have for you is uh, the last one that we always, I always ask. <laughs> what is the biggest lesson that Sabo has learned? <sighs> I've been thinking about this. Yeah. Because I've been watching the podcast. There you and go. There was a trend. <laughs> um, and I was really battling back and forth because I was like, there's so many things I could say. Yeah. So many things. I think the one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that everything truly happens for a reason. Of course. And I think that's it's been hard for me to understand that because in some moments, like you said, emotional reactions and emotional de decisions, I'm just like, but why? Like, I want to know why. Right now, why did this person do this? Or why am I not able to do this? But sometimes you're not meant to know mm -hmm. or sometimes you'll know years down the line. Mm -hmm. So I would say the biggest lesson that I've learned thus far in this lifetime yeah. is that everything truly happens for a reason for mm -hmm. your greatest good. 100%. 100%. And um, when you said, I remember um, my friend slash mentor. Um, we when we when when I met him, or actually when the the first time I asked him, hey, I want you actually to mentor me. He told me something I cannot tell right now because I want to try to keep it on the radio. I want to make sure it's clean. <laughs> but. <laughs> And then he told me something afterwards. Um, he told me that, hey, Armand, there's a reason that we have met. I don't know yet, but I will know one day. And he told me that uh, he has, I mean, and, and I actually can relate to that because it has happened to me too. He has met somebody eight years ago and he did not know anything about it, that why he met that person till like six months before we had that conversation. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all about uh, having that positive perspective about the events that happened to you because there is a reason. Mm. And you will know one day, mm -hmm. you know, you will know if you really think about it the correct way and 
um, just give it time. Yeah. Take it positively. There's because the negative. If you take it negatively, you won't do yourself any good. Superior. <laughs> Superior. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add? Um, just take it one day at a time. <laughs> take it a step at a time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so um, this is the SAM podcast and we call ourselves the SAM because we believe we can put any word in front of it and be that person uh, what would Saba put in front of SAM yes I am what yes I am strong thank you <laughs> love it uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the SAM podcast um, and as always and as always yes I am Yes, I am. <laughs> There you go. <laughs>